You're tuned in to another episode of Memoirs of Faith, Food, Fitness podcast, and we are talking to Emily. Emily's an ex-athlete, and she's sharing her experience about strict meal plans and how she has transitioned from no longer being an athlete to living in food freedom. So she shares her journey and a bit about her personal experience and where she is now on that journey. So sit back and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to Memoirs of Faith, Food and Fitness podcast, where I share topics that are faith, food and fitness related. Now I'm passionate about coming alongside mums who are desperate to lose the postpartum weight, whether that's 12, 6, 9, 18 months after the baby has been born, no longer nursing and now you want to shed those extra pounds. I'm committed to helping you reach those goals. Or if you're that mum that wants to make healthier meal times, I'm going to equip you and help you do that. And so I'm your host, Verona, a qualified sports nutrition coach, a personal trainer, and I'm a woman of faith. In each episode, you will be challenged and encouraged to take the steps that you need in your own fitness and nutrition journey. If your goal is to learn more about how you can navigate your fitness nutrition journey with confidence and boldness this my friend is the place for you and I'm so glad you're here now let's get into today's episode hi Emily it's so good to have you on the show yeah thank you so much for having me today just gonna get straight into it and just yeah over to you really just tell us a little bit more about yourself Emily yeah so I am a retired division one athlete I was a coxswain for the rowing team so for people that don't know what that is, it's the small person that sits at the back of the boat and I actually steer the boat so I don't have an oar. I'm not really doing anything physically, but I'm more the coach with inside the boat. So very small person to fit in. And I retired from that about a few years ago and now I'm the host of my own podcast, Girls Gone Healthy, where I really just try to encourage girls, especially in their college years and a little bit beyond, on focusing on living a healthier lifestyle Instead of focusing on diets, focusing on losing weight, all the stuff that I think is really mainstream, I think there's a lot easier ways to do that. Oh, that's good. We'll get into the more detail about that shortly. Tell us a little bit about how you got into rowing initially. I really just enjoy the team aspect. I enjoy moving around, being active. So I tried a bunch of different sports growing up. None of them really stuck. And then my freshman year of high school, I got cut from the volleyball team which is pretty obvious if you know what I look like. I'm five feet on a good day. I'm very short. So I don't even know why I wanted to go into that sport. But um, in high school, definitely everything gets a lot more competitive. So I found out about rowing. And as I said, for my position, I have to be small. You get weighed in and you have to be 110 pounds and you have to be small enough to even physically fit in that seat in a boat. So it was finally position and a sport that I could actually excel at. And throughout high school, I was getting some college interest. And so then I actually went division one for rowing, did it all four years. And yeah, I don't really do rowing much anymore. But it definitely was that sport that really sparked an interest in me. Wow. I noticed you said that you had to be particularly small to be at the back and to steer and to be in that role. So what is it that kept you that size? Did you kind of have any issues where you felt like, oh my goodness, really conscious about your eating habits? Because 
I'm sure that they would be checking that as well, wouldn't they? Yeah. So I actually started the sport when I was around maybe like 15 or 16 and then did it all the way up until 23, I think. So that's a long time to be the same weight. For those eight years that I did it, I had to be 110 pounds. And so at the beginning, I was under that. And so before competitions, I'd always try to be overeating um, because basically if you're under that 110, then you have to carry sandbags in the boat with you. You have to carry extra weight. And that's not as aerodynamic and doesn't move as fluidly as human mass does in a boat. And then if you're over 110 pounds, then that's kind of just extra weight that you don't need to carry. So that's why 110 is that ideal weight. And so at the beginning, I struggled to even get up there. I'd always be, you know, trying to eat as much as I could before a race. I would be wetting my hair, just like all those tricks that make you weigh in heavier. And then the switch for me happened after my sophomore year of college. So I had two more years left and I was consistently high. I had jumped up over that summer. I weighed 120. And so I was like, wow, that's 10 pounds over. And I've never even been one pound over before. So that really took a mental toll on me because I didn't look at myself and be like, oh, like Emily, you're getting fat. You should lose weight. But that one number was deciding my factor in the lineup. It was deciding my factor in the boat. And so I did have to worry a lot more about what I was eating. And it kind of all happened at once. It wasn't a worry that I had ever had before. I can imagine the pressures in that. So tell us a little bit more about the journey, like how you became to switch, really. what When when did you decide to you no longer wanted to be a rower? You no longer wanted to be in competitions? Yeah, so it became a lot when I was trying to lose weight because I was over my entire junior year and then that transferred into my senior year so I was kind of wrapping up the college experience anyways and so there's always that next level of sport but it just wasn't for me anymore I I wasn't focused anymore on my team and how I could compete well I was only focused on that weight and I never really hit it because you know I was doing all the wrong things I didn't know how to properly feel myself I didn't even know what healthy habits were I always considered myself healthy because I was an athlete. I think that when people associate you with that title, it's like, oh, then you must be healthy. You know, you're not having issues working out, things like that. But I had so many other health issues that I just wasn't prioritizing. And so I was really worn down. I was just feeling gross because I wasn't even eating good nutrition wise. I was just kind of living on protein shakes. So I was just really exhausted of it all. And I wasn't seeing myself get to where I want to be. And so after two years, I was like, that's it, calling it quits. Describe your process behind that. So your process of thinking, you're at this place now, you're coming to the end of your colleges and you're coming to the end of like your rowing and stuff. So what was the process for you for exiting out of that? And how did your coach take it? Yeah. So at the end of the day, I was like, this is just so hard. You know, it wasn't the sport that was hard anymore. It was all self reflecting. And I was like, this is just really hard on my life because I could go to practice and I'd be fine at practice. But then for the other 12 hours a day, I'd just be so worried on, okay, how can I make sure that my body will be in the best shape for this? How will I make sure that I can hit this weight? Even when I'm going out to dinner with friends, even when I'm seeing my family, it was just always a constant thing on my mind. And so... Yeah, I I mean, my coaches kind of knew it was coming. I think the whole team knew that I was overweight at that point. You know, it is something that wasn't like public, but it's definitely talked about because everyone knows that I have to be weighed in. And so 
yeah, I made that decision just when I was like, okay, this is too hard is affecting other areas of my life besides for just rowing. It kind of came naturally for you at that particular time. So did you did that weigh on you emotionally or mentally at that particular time? Because you said that everybody knew you was overweight. How did that feel? Yeah, it turned into much more of an emotional problem. Because when I first came back, and I weighed in, over I was like oh that's fine you know like it's 10 pounds I have a few months until competition I can do it and so at the beginning it was very logical I was watching what I ate I was trying to do it in a very easy and good for me way and then you know as the months wore on and as I still wasn't seeing improvement it turned really emotional and I felt almost like a failure. I was like, why is my body not listening to what I want it to do? Like I've made all these changes in my life and I'm still not seeing results. It felt like a huge failure of mine. And so it was really emotional. Um, I started like seeing my parents and I was like, okay, you can't eat snacks around me, you know, like, cause just those things would trigger me. And so, yeah, it definitely turned into a bigger problem than it was. And that's when I needed out. <laughs> Did you get any support for that yourself? Like, did you get any counseling or therapy for yourself over that? Yeah. So being an athlete in the United States, there's so many resources through college. So I had a nutritionist I was working with. I had trainers and I did see a counselor. Um, so I was trying to take care of myself, but I think that my mentality with it was just all wrong, you know, because I started seeing all those people after I already made that switch in my head of, oh, this is a failure of mine and so I think that you know if you think about it in a logical way of okay everyone's bodies change I cannot be expected to be 110 pounds for eight years of my life like that's mm -hmm. crazy to maintain that one weight and so if you say it like that then it feels so natural but at the time it was just kind of like I was tunnel vision of like that was the only thing that mattered my weight was the only thing that mattered and I was weighing myself every day so you just kind of get stuck in that circle so then talk us through how you began to change. So you decided that you wanted out and you knew that you wanted out. And then you said that all of your teammates and all of your coaches, they knew that it was time to go. But it's almost like it was undercurrent. It wasn't really spoken. Um, so you've made that decision and you've spoken to nutritionists and you've had some therapy and counseling with that. So tell us how you began to take the steps to come out of that and really regain a better relationship and a healthier relationship with food. Yeah. So those small steps didn't come until later because one. Once I was done with rowing, it was a complete 180. I stopped everything. I stopped every sport, every workout. I wasn't really watching what I ate because in my head, I was like, I just spent so much time working out, doing these training plans on these meal plans and none of it worked. So why would I want to continue doing that? So um, I moved out of Oklahoma. That's where I was competing. I moved across the country. I didn't sign up for any gyms. I was just kind of living a completely different life and I lived like that for a year and I realized how much I was missing fitness I was missing that routine of going to the gym I was missing the feeling and so that is when I started to make those small changes I told myself I was like I'm not getting into that competitive landscape that I was in before I'm just going to do fun activities so I'd go with my friends to different workout classes or I did those like dance workout classes where you don't really feel like it's a workout but it's super sweaty mm -hmm. I did things like that because I was like I need to find the joy in moving again because if I were to just hop right back into rowing even just on a club team and for fun it I don't think it would still be fun for me. Do you still do rowing now for fun or not at all? No, not at all. I have not touched a boat in a few years now. 
Wow. Do you ever go, do you find that you can go to watch um, events and stuff like that or you just don't go at all? Yeah, so I do go and I've watched my team a few times since then. And that's always fun because, you know, it's fun to watch from an outside perspective. But Absolutely. Yeah, I always look at the girls still on the team and I'm like, oh, it gets so much better once you're out here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So your teammates are still in the team, even eight years on. So some of them are. Most of them have moved on now. So I don't know too many people still in it. Um, but yeah, definitely there are some people that, you know, still love it. Didn't have all the issues that I did. So I cheer them on. <laughs> yeah, it's different. I mean, it's different for everybody. And it's and it's the, the what's encouraging is that you've now come out of it and you realize it for yourself that you had to take the small steps. And I think sometimes we can't we don't really do that ourselves. We can just go for the all or nothing mentality and get stuck in that place and find it hard to come out and then make the positive steps to change it so it's, it's it's definitely encouraging to hear that you've made that change and now going on to do your podcast and you're going on to encourage young girls so tell us a little bit more about that yeah so when I see people that were my age when I was struggling so I was really struggling in college um, right out of college when I see people struggling in that stage I just really want to reach out to them and be like no it doesn't have to be so hard you know like I tried all of those crash diets I tried all of this failed meal plans and I just want to tell them that there's a better way you know you don't have to beat yourself over doing these workouts you don't want to you can find movement that you enjoy you don't have to go on a certain diet you can still incorporate all the foods that you want to eat in your diet and so I just it's a little bit educational and then it's also a little bit encouragement you know because now I feel like I'm at a place where I have learned some of those lessons and the steps are small you know some of the steps are just so small you don't even notice changes in your life and it doesn't have to be that all or nothing where I used to spend 30 hours per week on my health to then nothing on my health now I only spend like six hours max per week and that's really not a lot so I just want to show everyone that it is possible without having this huge life-changing moment so do you feel a lot better now than you did then oh yeah I definitely do um it started with mindset and then after that just kind of educating myself on okay why didn't my actions work back then and reflecting on that so what were some of the actions that you did so for somebody who's listening who has young daughters that's going through the same sort of thing what what would be some of the tips that you'd give them yeah so I think that education is a huge part of it because I was working with experts you know I had nutritionists on my team I had the people that had this knowledge but when I asked them kind of how I should be approaching it they're like okay here's this meal plan and for me that wasn't helpful because I saw the meal plan and if I were to follow it exactly that day and then I'd be hungry at night I wouldn't know okay well what should I be snacking on or if I didn't have those exact ingredients, then I wouldn't know how to replace them. You know, I wasn't sure the reasoning why behind any of these changes I was making. And so it made it a lot harder. For example, like I was in college, I was turning 21, which is the legal age for the state. So I was drinking and for them, it's like, oh, that's like a definite no on the list. And so instead of labeling foods as good foods and bad foods, you need to know how you can incorporate it in your diet and still reach your goals, right? I don't think that anything is hot and cold here I think that you just have to learn about how it affects you you touched on meal plans and meal plans is a hot topic being a personal trainer myself and a nutrition coach a lot of clients have got into this mentality that it's like give me a meal plan tell me what it is that I should be eating so if somebody came to you and said okay Emily 
can you do me a meal plan? What would your response be to that person? Yeah, I like to focus on what I call the big rocks in your nutrition. So, so many people are caught up in the little like pebbles where they're like, oh, does my fruit have too much sugar in it? Or does this broccoli have too many carbs? And I'm like, no, no one got obese from the sugar in fruit, you know? Like those are such little things that you don't need to worry about. It's those big rocks that you can start shifting of, okay, are you actually eating dinner every night or are you replacing that with dessert sometimes? Or are you planning out what you're eating for breakfast or do you just wait until you're starving at lunch and then grab whatever's in the vending machine? Like I think when people start getting on a healthier lifestyle, they want to follow all this advice that they see online of taking a complete 180 and having someone tell them exactly what to eat where they won't be able to follow that long term. They have to start applying it to their specific lifestyle and just baby steps and that's how you'll create a stronger lifestyle change and results that will last. Do you have coaching packages where people, if they wanted to work with you and get coaching from you, is that something that you offer? So I don't do anything one-on-one right now. I do have a program that's coming out that's called Health You Enjoy. So it's a little bit on everything I've touched on. It's about nutrition that you enjoy. So incorporating those improvements in whatever diet you've already established and also including movement that you enjoy, just kind of finding the joy in health because that's how you'll make the changes and you'll develop habits. So I don't do anything one-on-one for now, but that's also, you know, why I like to start the podcast because I have a bunch of different dietitians come on and they share their experiences and their mindsets as well. So if girls wanted to listen to your podcast, where would they get in contact with you? Yeah, so the podcast is called Girls Gone Healthy, which is available on all major platforms. And then you can connect with me on Instagram at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. I would love to answer any questions there, connect with you, um, and stay up to date on all the episodes. Emily, it has been amazing having you for this short space of time. And I've just loved to hear your passion and your just confidence and just sharing about where you were at and now where you are at. And I would love to hear more about your program once it finally releases. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today you've been listening to faith food and fitness memoirs of faith podcast brought to you by yours truly verona so glad that you tuned in with us looking forward to having you on the next episode